Okay, so I chose that intro, that transition intro to catch your attention, and I hope it worked. Hi, I'm Lisa Vino-Stevens, and I'm the podcast host for this 12 Afternoons of Hope podcast broadcast. And I've been doing this now for almost a year. I can't believe it. Um, as many of you know, this was supposed to be a women's ministry that was supposed to meet live. And then right before this worldwide COVID crisis started to really take into effect outside of, of China, um, I decided to make this into a podcast. So God is good. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and so welcome. Just let you know, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a counselor, therapist, wellness seminar presenter, freelance writer, licensed wedding officiant for Ontario, um, Canada. And actually right before COVID hit, I also got trained for uh, to do uh, funerals and baby ceremonies. And I haven't done one yet, <laughs> either one yet. So I'm really excited to do either one. But basically, yeah, so that's who I am. And welcome to those of you who have not tuned in to this podcast before. For those of you who are returning, um, listeners, thanks for coming back. It's been really exciting to go through the things that I've learned as I prepared each podcast for every one of you. And you know what? God knows what he's doing. And sometimes, you know, when you start off something, you have a vision of how it's going to unfold. And this has been like just one of these wonderful processes and so um, I'm just giving God the glory for it. Um, as many of you know, I, I like to preach and teach. And I, you know, my pastor ever so often has me doing that. And um, he gives me assignments and he's been coaching me along the way. And I just really think this is amazing um, how this gift of mine is unfolding. I guess that's two gifts is unfolding. And I just give, you know, give it all to God for sure. It's his business, not mine for sure. And so um yeah, so I came with something new today. I actually, aside from doing this podcast for you guys today, I actually went and dived into one of my gifts even further. In fact, it's like a combination of gifts. And I developed a new Christian-based stress reduction program. And so for any of you who are interested in doing that uh, or doing it, what you should do is go to my 12 Afternoons of Hope Facebook page or even my counseling page, which has Lisa Bino Stevens, both on Facebook, um, you will be able to locate my information about my new Christian-based stress reduction program. And you know what? I call it stressless. And I also put a spin on it like it's more like a retreat because something that God's been showing me for a little while is this whole thing about slowing down and taking time to reflect and listen to what he has to say to us. And so that's why I have it more like a retreat. And even more so because of COVID, we can't get together um, as much as what we're used to doing it as in the past. So maybe some of us have not had a retreat. I know for me personally, I came across um, a few famous uh, preachers and teachers um, who have done things online. And I'm so grateful for every last one of them that have given us any version of any retreat online, um, you know, usually live streamed or, you know, um, it could be something that's pre-recorded. Either way, I'm so grateful for every last one of them. And so this is my gift of a program that I took a long time to develop. And so it's my gift to the Christian community. So definitely tap in 
to 12 Afternoons of Hope Facebook page, or you can look at the actual website, which is intoviewcounseling.com, and you will find the Stress Less program there. And I hope it's a blessing to every person that goes and uses it. If you definitely, um, any one of you uses it, definitely come back uh, and message me on 12 Afternoons of Hope Facebook page and let me know how it was a blessing. Or if anything needs to be tweaked, let me know that too, for sure. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Kathy Jimenez, who created that wonderful website for me. If any of you are looking for someone to do a website, I tell you right now, Kathy Jimenez is the person to do it. She actually, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but way back in the day, I was a youth coach. <laughs> I was a youth coach at a church, a very big church, and Kathy was one of my youth, and now she's married with kids, and she does websites and everything else in between, and she did this awesome website for me. So this is a shout out for Kathy for sure. It's funny how life turns out. That group of youth was an amazing group of youth. They really were. So today... I am going to talk about, as I had promised, the continuance of the Shiny Things three-part series. And you know what happened? <laughs> this part is on brass. And some of you are like, well, brass isn't that shiny. Lisa. no, brass is a shiny thing. And so I actually divided this part into three parts. So you know some of you, even from before in you know the previous um, series that I've done, how sometimes God, as I said, he kind of slows us or kinds of uh, time slows us down and has us focus in on a specific parts. So I feel like with this part in particular, um, he's really slowed it down. And this whole brass thing, I'm going to examine with you um, in three parts over the next little while. And so I've entitled this particular part, Don't Be Brassy. <laughs> And so before we read the scripture reading for the session, I want you to know, as I said, I'm stretching this out. And so that also is a cue for you to stretch it out in terms of what God is saying to you. So take some time to take notes, reflect on what I'm saying tonight, reflect on what God is saying to you about what I'm saying to you tonight. I should say it is tonight where I am right now. <laughs> it might not be where you are, but you know, whatever time frame you're in, um, definitely take some time out and just reflect on what God is saying. Because as I said, that's something he's been showing me for a while to really slow down and really, really reflect on things he's saying. You know what? Even when I watch The Chosen and at my church right now, I'm assisting with a video study. We do Bible studies and video study. So we're doing a video study on The Chosen. And so this is a shout out also for The Chosen. Honestly, great series. This is 25 years after Left Behind came into being. And The Chosen is now, you know, something totally amazing in terms of a Bible series. So if you haven't seen it, I'm telling you right now, go and look online, YouTube it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's in, I think it's in a couple of different formats in terms of video online. But look for The Chosen. And even in that, I've been slowing down and encouraging in the group study to slow down and really take in what God is saying to us. And so, um, yeah, let's do the same even for this brass series right now. So let's start off by reading 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at verse 1. Though I speak with tongues of men 
and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging, clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For we now see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, these three, but the greatest of these is love. For this part of Shiny Things, the study on brass, let's zone in on verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 13. So it says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Now, as I had said earlier, I'm not just a counselor therapist in Ontario, but I'm also a licensed wedding officiant, and I totally love it. And so this particular passage in 1 Corinthians 13, I've, I've been asked by many couples um, to read this at a wedding. And, um, but you know what though? I, I'll do it, I'll read it. And when I do read it out loud, I read it out loud to the entire congregation or wedding attendees, because what Bible scholars actually say is that this particular passage is not really based on love like how it is between a couple. It's more talking about community love. And so when I started to look at the context of this particular, not just this verse, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 1, but the whole entire the context for the whole entire chapter, meaning when we talk about context and in, in trying to study the word, um, Bible scholars and Bible teachers, um, including the ones I've had in seminary, they encourage us to look at the context, meaning the physical, cultural context, and also um, when it comes to the word, looking at the passages before and after what they have to say so that we get the correct context of what the early church leader, in this case, the early church leader, the Apostle Paul was trying to say. And so, Bob, let me just say, Paul, the more I study Paul, <laughs> the more I see how bold this man was as a leader. And I just totally respect that. Um, I really do. Recently, my pastor, he had me preach about marriage. 
Um, that's on YouTube, by the way. It's a, it's a message. I think I called it Beyond um, Venus and Mars. And so I had to study Ephesians and for that. And the same boldness of Paul came out. And so um, in this case, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, Paul is writing a letter to the Corinthian people uh, back in the early church days. And just to let you know, I've been to Corinth. It's a part of Greece. It was lovely. It was there many years ago. So this is a shout out for the Greek people that, let me just give you a little bit of ribbing there. You're, you're from a place that's almost as beautiful as where I'm originally from, which is Barbados. Yeah, so Corinth is a pretty place. And so, but you know, let's take a look at the context of 1 Corinthians 13. So there's a few things I'm going to point out before we dive in to this teaching on brass. Point number one, when it comes to context, Paul was talking to the believers in Corinth. And Corinth was a, at that time in history, it was a culturally diverse and a major urban city in the ancient Mediterranean region. The Romans had resettled there for about a century and the Greeks and the Latin cultures were there together coexisting together, but they clashed big time. They really did. The Latin language was used for official dealings, but Greek was used as a language that was spoken by most people, including those in the early church. Number two, there was lots of loose sexual attitudes that were prevailing at the time. And I remember when I was in Corinth, they talked a lot about that for sure. And if you go through all of Paul's teachings and a lot of his last uh, letters, he is talking about sexual or uh, relational um, issues between, um, you know, between couples. So Paul has a habit of talking about really private things in these letters, but are now in the Bible, which anybody can access. <laughs> Point number three. This letter to the Corinthian people represents the major social issues that existed in Corinth. Social status in the Corinthian people was determined by roles. And those with power used ideas from religion, philosophy, and political thoughts to support their positions. It seems as if a person's perspective ruled them. And they really enjoyed what we would call rhetoric, which is the studying of principles, rules, how people write and how they speak effectively. My dad, he probably likes rhetoric. He really does. Cause he, I remember him. In fact, I have some of his books. I'm looking at them right now as I do this podcast and it's about speaking and writing effectively. And he encouraged me to do that. Funny enough, well, knowing that his daughter one day will be doing a podcast. <laughs> that makes me laugh, but it's true. So Paul seemed to always challenge the people, the Corinthian people, to be servant-minded instead of self-minded. Now, I know when I said that whole description of terms of context, some of you were like, yeah, that sounds so familiar, Lisa. Are you sure you're talking about the Corinthian people? Because today, it doesn't sound like we're much different today. In... 2021. 
And if some of you are listening to this podcast in the future, you might say the same thing. Oh my goodness, Lisa, you you did this podcast in 2021 and you're talking about the, the Corinthian people way back when and we haven't changed. Or at least I hope that when people are listening to this podcast in the future, I personally hope that we get better, right? But this is the reality of the situation, right? Let's go back to verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 13. So it says, let's read it again. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So just going to be as bold as Paul. Speaking in tongues in many Christian circles, including my own, is considered a gift of the Spirit. And according to the Bible, just to kind of uh, give you some background about the gifts of the Spirit, they are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse or different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And I know in many different Christian circles, because I grew up in one type of Christian circle and then eventually, um, you know, went to another church that believes in speaking in tongues. You know, there was always this controversial as in terms of what tongues are and uh, you know, whether or not Christians speak in tongues or what. And so this has been a hot topic. And even when I read that that list just now, Gifts of the Spirit, I know some of you are like, no, my church doesn't believe in that. So even with that, you can tell that in this century that we're in, we're still arguing about that. And I have a feeling, because it's, it's said so clearly by Paul, in this verse, First Corinthians thirteen, verse one, he, he start. It's not. He didn't start the letter off of that. So I have to kind of backtrack. This is First Corinthians thirteen is is part of an entire letter to the Corinthian people. We just jump in there at this being at that part of the chapter, and we start reading it. But it is part of a whole chapter. But when we read it there, it's it comes out at you this whole thing about speaking in tongues. And I said to myself, I bet you in Paul's day with the Corinthian church, that might have been one thing they were arguing about too. It wouldn't surprise me, right? It wouldn't surprise me. So all I'm going to say is that if you go down the list of the gifts I just read to you, notice how the gifts get vocally louder. <laughs> Speaking in tongues is usually not a quiet thing. It can be loud, right? So right here I know as I said, that Paul included this in this verse at this time for a reason. So I think disagreement is something that was happening and he was trying to sort out disagreements, right? And this is no different. As I said, Paul wrote his letters boldly. He spoke about things that he felt needed to be straightened out. And he also did certain things to catch people's attention. The reader's attentions, the hear now we're hearers of the word, hearers' attention, right? But let's take one step back and really hear what Paul is saying. So I'm not here to argue about whether tongues, speaking in tongues is right or, or wrong. I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit reveal it to you. I'm gonna go in and really dive in to see to hear what Paul is saying. First Corinthians 13, verse 1. Let's go back there. It says again. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. The word love in this verse is charity. And 
in the original King, Germ King James, it's the word charity. And so it gets translated back in the original Greek as agape, which is defined as love, but it's not just the noun love, it's in action love, as I would say, because it's associated with, with affection and benevolence. So, of course, when we're being affectionate with each other, there's acts of things that we're doing to another person to show love, right? So Paul adds not just having agape love with the heavenly gift. In this case, he's referring to tongues. But he's, he's talking about this heavenly gift, and he's associating the using of this gift with sounding brass or a clanging cymbal which like, I know if you can hear it in my voice, it makes me wince. And you know what? Paul reminds me in this case of, a, of those of us who have had boy, uh, bosses in the past who they're not rude or necessarily politically incorrect. And I know we're really on that nowadays, but they're just brutally honest. <laughs> you ever have a boss that's just brutally honest? This is like Paul. Paul reminds me of the brutally honest boss. So the reference at the end of the verse to sound and an instrument actually for me really makes me wince because I was a kid or as a kid, I played musical, musical instruments for most of my life until a certain age. And um, I played bass clarinet. I know some of you are like, Lisa, what'd you play? I played bass clarinet for a long time. I played alto clarinet for a little bit. When I was really little, they had us, um, when I was in New York, they had us playing um, recorders, right? And um, as a young adult, I actually picked up the flute as well. And so um, so I remember in all my teaching of about music, the concept of dissonance. Sometimes I use it in, you know, to kind of explain some stuff. But when I heard this, when I hear this verse, or every time I hear this verse, in particular, and I hear the part about the clashing or the cymbals and the part about the sounding brass, it reminds me of, of dissonance, how you have two clashing notes at the same time. And to me, it's like nails on the blackboard. And I remember having uh, music teachers that would actually play dissonance for us and how it literally would make you kind of like like your the skin on your, or the, the hair on your hands kind of stand up, right? And so what does a sounding brass and cymbal reference mean in the verse? Well, Corinth, first of all, was well known for its bronze. And um, I'm going to go into that in the next part um, of the Shiny Part series. And it was well known for it. And it also was well known, uh, which I remember seeing when I was there, amphitheater, amphitheaters, outdoor theaters that had has you know, they have really good acoustics by design. And so cymbals were also used, but they were used loudly back in, the, back in that day. They were used for pagan worship. And the loudness was really meaningless kind of noise in pagan worship. Now, what is Paul saying when he wrote 1 Corinthians 13? Let me read it again. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to be sim simple about it and just say it the way Paul would have said it. 
if you have a God-given heavenly gift, but you do not use it with tender agape, which has tender actions associated with it, like affectionate actions, like benevolent actions, kindness, then it's like meaningless noise. Ouch. I immediately have, you know, I immediately started to examine myself as I even was studying this. For the last little while, God's been showing me about mercy. And so I've been taking all my gifts to him, my counseling gifts to him, my teaching gifts to him, even my efficient gifts to him, every gift, writing everything, and slowly going through it all and saying, is love being mixed in here? And then I came across time to do the study. So it doesn't surprise me that I'm sharing this with you. Because God's been showing me how closely mercy in terms of who I am serving through all my gifts is associated with agape love. And you know what? I'm not ashamed to, to tell you this because I'm not perfect. I'm not going to sit here like a perfect person saying, oh, I'm doing this perfect person podcast. No, I'm here as a growing person like you are, right? So the same way he's showing me that, I'm going to share it with you. And he even you know, used the chosen so I can visually see God's mercy to those in that show. And in that, I've learned that, you know what, God can help me be merciful to people, even to people that have not been merciful to me. I don't know if any of you know, maybe you haven't seen the picture of me, but I'm a black lady. <laughs> and there are times I've crossed paths with some people that have not been nice to me at all because I'm black, you know? And I've even taken that to the Lord and said, Lord, help me to know how to love those people. And to, and because I, I don't have any control who, who even listens to this podcast. I don't, right? My gifts are not my own. And so at the end of my studying of this chapter and the verse, right, I started to reflect on King Saul. And you know what? He was a gift. We sometimes lose the fact in when we think about King Saul, we look back in um, Samuel, the book of Samuel. Um, you know, if you go back to first and second Samuel, you'll learn about King Saul and about David, his successor. And we get lost, or even if you go in Psalms, you'll get more of how David experienced Saul, right? But what you will see is that you will see a man actually who was very gifted. The gifts get completely lost by how he acted and how his actions were not loving. You know, in reality, if you have a successor, and God's been teaching me a lot about mentorship. If you have a successor, um, someone, you know, that there's a mentorship relationship kind of developing, it should be done in love. The mentor should have love or the coach even should have love for the team or for the individual that they're coaching, right? 
And so that should have been the relationship between Saul and David, and it wasn't. Saul didn't take time to, to look at his gifts and say, hey, there needs to be a gap a love here. He got lost in his jealousy and self-centeredness. And it seems to be a common theme in the kings of the Bible, straight up. It seems to be a common theme in leadership. I don't know why I'm sharing that, but I felt like I had to. And so whether or not, you know what? No, let me, I was going to say whether or not you're a leader, but you know what? We all are leaders. Even if some of you don't feel like you're a leader, you're still a leader. You, we lead in different capacities in different ways. We lead in our families. We lead in our, in our relationships. Um, you know, whether it's a work relationship, marriage, um, you know, sibling relationship, um, we lead in all areas of our life. We really do. We really do. And so let's take time to examine ourselves. And I'm going to get you to ask yourself two questions. First of all, what are your spiritual gifts? What are your spiritual gifts? If you don't know what they are, then I'm going to ask you to take some time between now and the next podcast. Do a test. There's lots of tests online. I'm looking right now at a couple of books on my shelf that, you know, help a person to figure out their spiritual gifts. You know, go to your pastor, go to a you know strong Christian friend and let the two of you figure out what your spiritual gifts are for sure. And then the second question I'm going to get you to ask yourself is, do you need to mix more love as you use those spiritual gifts? Do you need to put more love in it? So, as I said, take some time between now and the next podcast, which will continue on brass, brassy things, <laughs> and examine what God's saying to you. What gifts are there? Maybe you have some gifts that are still dormant. Yeah, and if you have some gifts that are still dormant, let God take them out, point them out to you, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you use those gifts to the glory of the Lord and for other people. But above all, make sure that your love or love is mixed in with your spiritual gifts. So as I said, take some time between now and the next podcast to really examine that with the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your word and for the example of strong leaders like Paul, bold and strong and loving. His love in the word that's recorded for the people that he served, that he led, has stretched down to us today. And that Lord shows how much love you have for us. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. It shows us how omnipotent and how omniscient you are. And I thank you, Lord, and I give you praise for that. Father, for every person under the sound of my voice, help them all to examine what gifts you have given to them, what heavenly gifts you have given to them, and help each person to use their gifts 
for your glory, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Not for themselves, but for the sake of other people. Like Jude, it says in the book of Jude, pulling people out of the fire with their gifts, Lord God. Father, I pray that you'll help each and every one of the listeners under the sound of my voice to see how they need to mix in agape love with their gifts as they serve other people. And if there's anybody, Lord, who thinks that they're not good enough or they have no gifts, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I ask that there be healing that will take place to reveal how that's a lie how that's a lie, but they too also are able to carry out your will. They have gifts and you're able to help them carry out those gifts lovingly. Holy Spirit, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for being not just our comfort, but our helper. And Jesus, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you as shown to us visually in the chosen, you are our example. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to sign off right now. Stay tuned for part two of Brassy Things, <laughs> of the Shiny Things series. But above all, I hope you have an excellent week. And that the Lord will continue to bless and keep you wherever you are. Take care. God bless.